back in the room. Um, I'm I'm genuinely excited about this little Belgian trip we've got coming yeah. up because yeah, yeah, yeah. we haven't had a proper road trip for a while, I don't think. No. Well, we did a few truck tours, didn't we? Oh, yeah. When was that? Well, that was pre-COVID. Was it? Uh, uh, I don't know. N- no, I remember Nicky trying to organise a, a truck tour and it was like, are we back then in lockdown? Then it all just fizzled out. Yeah, it was like, oh, out. you know what? Didn't we do one after that? Yeah, and then there was a petrol crisis, so we oh, didn't yeah, go because yeah, the yeah. nation was on edge. We'd be upset and yeah, we'd burn yeah, fuel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is basically what we do, isn't it? Burn yeah. fuel. So anyway, um, that's going to be good. A little bit of Men in Gate action. Yeah. A little yes, bit so of storytelling. I need to dig out some stories of... Yeah. Heroin. Do you think we're going to... Uh, I was going to say heroism, I went heat. Are we going to dig out, like, stories that we can use for Remembrance Day type videos? Yeah. and all that Yeah, that's the plan. So we're going to do, hopefully, some mm. stories as we go on Sacrifice... Brotherhood, right. all yeah. different things. And we're going to do a blog and a few videos to coincide yeah, with yeah. Uh, Remembrance this year. Yeah, that's going to be and good. It's good and it's good, I think, we, it's something that feeds into your life, doesn't it? When you when you pause, take those moments to remember. And What I'm looking forward to, though, mate, is uh, Malls and Freaks. Like, Malls Marinier. Oh, yeah. Mussels. But they do, they cook their own white wine. So I'd have to do one, I don't, I yeah. don't have the white wine. Mm. But I like malls and fruits. I used to like it with a little cold cider, but now it'd be with a... What is cider zero? Cider zero. So when I was in Ireland with my mates, mm. I found a cider zero called Cronin, which tasted like cider. And it so shook me up. I'm like... Cronin. Cronin. C-R-O-N-I-N. Let's have a look. Cronin. Ireland. Zero cider. And mate, it was like cider. Which I think, you know, if you're struggling with the alcohol, you yeah. don't want to drink it because it'll trigger you. Because it's too close. Too close. But but for me, I was like, wow. Cronin cider. Mm. You got it, though? Yeah, I mean, I'm just seeing it where we can get it, but... Oh, I don't think... Uh, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what the zero market's like in uh, Belge, wouldn't it? Yeah. I imagine now it's it's pretty pretty out there. Is that it there? Cronin's quality. Yeah, standard. that's it, mate. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, I've not seen it over. It here. so shook me. I was double checking the label. Ireland, yeah. Because I had a, I had a booze dream the other day. All right. This is interesting. I think. So, I'm coming up two years without yeah. having any alcohol. That's just my path now. That's the path I'm on, mm-hmm. and I like it. But suddenly, I had this dream that I was at a bar. With a few of the lads, I don't know what lads, but a few lads, mm. and they were pouring like a Chianti and a Rioja, and I thought oh, that's all right, yeah. They were have a glass beach, I went, yeah, yeah, all right. And I started drinking, I could taste it. Mm. Then I woke up, I was like, oh, what am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> I <was a> dream. <laughs> and I found I get when I first gave up booze, I was getting alcohol dreams like uh, just before an anniversary, like a month, mm. six months, like ten mm. months. And I haven't had one for over a year. That's interesting. So coming up two years, and your brain's going, yeah. stay on the path, yeah. stay on the path. Yeah. It's the death rattle of alcohol use. It's stay interesting. I am talking to more and hearing about more people talking about either being teetotal or just being really aware of how much they're Getting drinking. the controls back. It's interesting. Watching your yeah, consumption. Yeah. It's a yeah. journey, and it's not for everyone, but yeah. I have to say, like, I'm... I love sobriety. Mm. 
I wake up every day, even with the old Parkinson's kicking off, yeah, I wake yeah. up every day, I'm like, yeah, clear head. Yeah. I've nice. kind of got used to it now, I think. Yeah, like you, you, you just assume you're going to wake up feeling sometimes, good. Yeah, sometimes me and Karen, we have like a zero lager shandy with mm. a diet lemonade. Mm. <laughs> Most of the time I'm happy with a low yeah, sugar orange yeah. squash, you know. It's interesting reflecting on it because we're at a point where we're done with alcohol. Done. Whereas my daughter, for example, she's at the point where she's just discovering alcohol. Mm. So it's an interesting kind of situation to find ourselves in, me and my wife, you know. Yeah. Did Jen not drink as well? Jen doesn't drink and hasn't done for a long time, but that's mainly due to her medication she's on for her condition. Yeah, Karen Karen don't drink. But she would have a dessert with alcohol in it, as I don't think I would. Because I made a vow to the Lord. It's not like it's a trigger, but I've made like a Nazarite-type vow. I said to the Lord. Purge me, Lord. Purge me of this evil. It's different. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was... uh, I didn't want to knowingly have any alcohol going in my system. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's a good... But like I say, I'm trying to... Honour is honour, right? Yeah. Vows are vowed. That, that's... Mm. Actually, that was a slick little connection to what we might be talking about in a bit. Because you wanted to talk about... Made me Well, we set out a time... We set out a bit of a map for the year of podcast. yeah. And this one was going to be around made men. And not just mafia, but groups, you know... Where guys gather and why they gather and why yeah. that element of brotherhood is so important. The made man. Yeah. In the American and Sicilian mafia, a made man is a fully initiated member of the mafia. To yeah. become made, an associate first must be Italian. Yeah. Or of Italian descent and sponsored by another made That's man. Yeah. An inductee will be required to take the oath of a murder, the mafia code of silence and code of honour. After the induction ceremony, the associate becomes a made man and holds the rank of soldier, Italian, soldato, in the mafia hierarchy. Men, made men, are the only ones who can rise through the ranks of the mafia from soldier to capro raging consigliere, underboss and boss. Yeah. Hmm. And they are men of honour, a man of respect, a good fella, a wise guy. Earning or making one's bones or button or becoming a button man for the mafia is usually synonymous with becoming a made man. But they have to be of Italian or Sicilian, unless yeah, it's Sicilian it. instruction. Privileges. After the induction ceremony, the associate becomes a made man, holds like a soldier. He's given responsibilities and receives benefits. Hmm. A made man enjoys the full protection and backing of the mafia establishment as long as he remains in favour and earns enough money a percentage of which has to pass up the hierarchy. Mm. It's a pyramid system. A made man is traditionally seen as untouchable by fellow criminals. He is to be respected and feared. To strike, let alone kill a made man for any reason, without the permission of the mafia family leadership, is punished by death. Mm. Regardless of whether or not the perpetrator had a legitimate grievance. So once you are made... Mm. Untouchable. It's a, I've read yeah, about what this code of honour is before. Yeah. Just, uh, so I had a little look at that. Mm. And they use, I don't know what it meant, but they use some sort of neo-pagan language, they were saying. Yeah. And it's blood in, blood out. So they cut them. And after, there's a document with a skull on. and Oh, yeah. It's very symbolic. Very symbolic, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to find what the... Um, uh, where is it? 
did. Yeah, there's different ones like the Comorian. Uh, where is it down? Japan. Right down the south. No, the Comora. Oh, Comora. What's Comora? Comora are down in Naples. Oh, I'm thinking. And then you've got Cosa Nostra, like the north of Italy. Oh, Yakuza. you're. Yakuza. The Yakuza, oh, yeah, yeah. Comora. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mafia. I've got to find what the uh, Omerta code is. Yeah, have a look. I'm surprised we've not done any. Hey, Tony. Hey, yeah, Tony. Tony, welcome. No, you come to my daughter's wedding and you disrespect me. <laughs> you know, I've got to do that with your That's mouth brilliant. full of tissues. <laughs> now you come in and you're asking for my help. What do you want from me? <laughs> it's like that, isn't it? Yeah. In Godfather do what, 1. Do what, do what. Yeah. Um, now you come and you say to me, you want me to protect you. I don't know what you're asking from me. Why you come now? You know, this is back for in front of my family, my friends. And then you come asking, what do you want me to do? <laughs> See, you've got mafia boss. I go more soldier, like, hey, hey, Tony, you got cotton in your ears? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know that guy over there? He's a friend of ours. <laughs> Which guy? That guy. He's what a stand-up guy? guy. Yeah, he's your friend of ours. No, he's known to me. His name's Two Dicks Tony. Give me one of them cappuccinos with yeah. extra queen. Yeah. <coughs> hey, uh, give me one of them pastramis and hold the white and uh, give me some extra mayo and uh, give me one of them flat whites. <laughs> pastramis. Yeah, give me some pastrami. And, uh, yeah, I'm white bread. <laughs> give me some of that cork and soda chase, you know? Yeah. Uh. Hey, Tony, <laughs> you want some of that salami? Don't get me pastrami. I told you, pastrami. What kind of a guy are you? <laughs> You're making my balls you, on it yeah, red. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think? What do you think I am, a klutz? <laughs> you can't cut in the ears. <laughs> yeah. That's the only line I know. Hey, you're bleeding all over the floor there. Just the mop it up, not with the tea towel. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. It's like that. Thanks for listening to the code, yeah. of course. Yeah, uh, yeah so Mafia. very interesting. This code of honour, yeah. which they they this skullduggery, this thing, and then what happens is when they get nicked, they grass everyone they up. Grass them all up. <laughs> grass everyone up. It's unbelievable. Well, push comes to the shove. Mm. Like, if you've got no moral basis, mm. they, it's every man for himself, isn't it? They're just it is. It's a system of control. Yeah. Until you are chucked out. And then what are you going to do if you're chucked out? If you're chucked out, you're nicked. Or you think, I'm a made man, but all the protection's gone. Yeah. You're not going to stand in honour with that, are you? You're just no. going to grass up. Yeah, grass up. But, but they go through such a process of becoming these made men. And then, like you say, they're grasses. Yeah, so yeah, When the yeah, pinch yeah. is on them and they're offered a, a sweet little deal, they grass. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, they they, get, well, they, they grass killed. like their own family. Yeah. Oh, they, they, you know, I think the, the, the mafia is quite diminished now. Yeah. From what it was. I mean, it's still yeah, there. Yeah. I mean, they, um, they run all the, the mini cab firms, don't they, and cafes and all the They ran the Teamsters yeah. Union, didn't they? They yeah. had all the truck drivers. They, you know, who's the, uh, who's the trade, the Teamsters guy who disappeared? Oh, my brain. Who? Hold on, hold on. It's a great film. It's in The Irishman. That's um, a long film. Oof. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Uh, I'll find this. The International Brotherhood of Teamsters. Um, 
Let me just find this. There's a guy who disappeared. He, he, um, he basically had huge power, and they reckon he was allied with, like, the mafia. Jimmy mm. Hoffa. Mm. Jimmy Hoffa seized control of the union. He was one of the most powerful men. He disappeared July the 30th, 1975, declared presumed dead Jimmy in 1982. Hoffa. Was an American labor union leader who served as president of the International Brotherhood Teamsters. Mm. In 1957 to 1971, had huge political power. I mean, millions of people, I think, were members, over a million people were a member of the union. Yeah. I've got to check that. Uh, growth of the Teamsters. 1903 had 75,000 members. By 1936, 420,000 members. Over a million members by 1951. Wow. So it was one of the most powerful unions in the United States. Uh, and there was masses of organised crime influence on that. So what the Mafia did was they penetrated unions, uh, local politics, they controlled trade, they ran the laundrettes, the minicab firms, the restaurants. I mean, basically, they're bully boys. Now you open a bakery, they just come and turn it over, smash it up and go... If you pay us protection, then that won't happen anymore. Yeah. But then they're controlling the unions. So yeah. then it's all transport, all the movement of goods across America. And they, they put stolen goods in the back. They, run, yeah. they reckon they're running arms into wow. Cuba and all kinds of stuff So like proper organised crime. Oh, like. yeah, next level. And the bosses, you know, this kind of guy, mm. the boss guy, untouchable, he's right at the top. Mm. So all the street hoodlums, they had soldiers, under the soldiers they had, like, associates... Sound mm. like the Goodfellas film. Mm. The guy that's about, um, he was an associate, so he couldn't be a made man because his mum was Italian or his dad weren't or something. Yeah, yeah. So he was an associate. They quite a lot of money, but that money then went to a soldier. The so that then they paid a capo who ran that gang, and the capo would give a cut to the regional boss. The regional boss would give right. a cut to the main boss. Mm. So the main boss is sitting in his mansion, all this money coming in, mm. and everyone's under pressure to make more and more money. You could be an associate doing hijacks, making a lot of money. Like the Lufthansa hijack was an organised crime right. back in the 80s. They've got huge money, all funnelling up. It's a pyramid scheme to yeah, the boss. Yeah, yeah. And but what does the boss give? Protection. He keeps the, the DNA of the family power, alive. the DNA of the family, the tradition, and political all representation. And Some of them yeah. were... They had the judges under their thumb, police chiefs Everyone under their thumb. Payroll. yeah. And he, he would have brokered all them sort of top-level deals. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And hugely protected, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely mental. But, of course, it only takes one person grassing you up to bring the whole thing down, which yeah. is eventually, I think, how they, they get to people. Yeah. Yeah. But the street hoodlums and the hitmen, they're, like, slow-ranking. Yeah. And all men. Which is and the men, interesting well, bit. That's the fascinating thing. Men are men are drawn to code and honour, mm, aren't they? Mm. And belonging and the gang. I mean, the British Army has always understood this. Mm. The regimental system, they, yeah. they understand it. That you, that the infantry and the lower ranks army is made up of the kids who come out of like places where we live, the estates. Mm. They love their football, their tribalism, mm. you know. And so the army understands. It has regiments that have their unique traditions. Their colours, their flag. Yeah, yeah. And like, there's yeah. one fascinating footage I put on TikTok some time ago. There's a, 
a guards brigade who called in all the sergeant majors to appear before the colonel. And they all marched in in different uniform and all saluted in a different style. One didn't salute because it's tradition from some war was they don't salute the colonel. Yeah. So they all come in and go, left, right, left, right, dunk. One goes, dunk. One goes, dunk. One just stands there and tradition. Yeah. And honour and yeah. code and every yeah. toast is unique to the regiment. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then the army, they break it down, don't they? So like the corporal runs his little section. The section's part of a platoon. Mm. The platoon's a part of a company. Mm. The company's part of a battalion. The battalion's part of a regiment. And that tradition runs through it all. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's powerful, isn't it? Yeah. And you belong. And that's why, you know, we talk to guys who come out of the military. Yeah. It's like they come out of a cult sometimes. Yeah. It's so embedded. Yeah. I don't mean that disrespectfully. Yeah, yeah. But it's so strong. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, our mate Steve, Ops Director, yeah. he talks like the Navy, that life is yeah. ingrained in him, those cultures and traditions and language, like Jack speak. Mm. They're devices mm. to make people belong to something unique. And men love it. Because we're wired that way. I mean, it, do, it certainly does seem to connect broadly with a lot of men, doesn't it? Not, not saying the mafia as such, but that want and desire or, or need to be amongst other men and there's a, an order, a code, a, a command, a, a role, well, a purpose. Obviously you get individualists, don't you? Uh, yeah. But not many men are one-men wolf packs, you know? No. no. I, mean, I, I mean, I can be a loner. I think you don't mind your own company. No, you? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But... We do like we want to be part of something as well. We want to feel like we're part of something, yeah. And a vision, a direction, a purpose, or whatever that is. And, and and you could look at like I went to a county lines talk the other day, which is drug runners in Essex and stuff, no. right, and across the UK. And they're almost a militarized faction oh, yeah. operation. Yeah, like they've yeah, got yeah. their foot soldiers. They've yeah. got their commanders. Absolutely. Elite. And it's incredibly organised and militarised yeah. in that sense. Because yeah. young men gravitate to it. There's a sense of identity, place, I know who I am, this is my job, this is my turf. And then the system will spit you out. Cause yeah. once, you, once you're useless, you're done. Yeah. But then when we turn that mirror or that gaze, if you like, to the church and how we reach men and young men, we ain't really got anything there, have we? No, and if you... <laughs> If you emphasise that need in the church, you get called sexist, misogynist, mm. patriarchal, yeah. potentially. Yeah. But Don't the you? need's there, isn't it? To uh, and the need is there. And like Islam has always understood this. Yeah. Yeah, like empowering under- young men. It does, and it harnesses mm. it. And mm. Islam is like a system of education, finance, political belief. And young men are... I don't... I, dogma might be the wrong word, but you know when... People are strong on what they believe. Like I've seen on YouTube, young men passionate about what they believe Islam is teaching them. Mm. Like having debates and arguments, mm. and you think that's a guy who really passionately is devoted to what he believes. Mm. So it's you know, it's if you strip it down to its core, like it's worked. Whatever it's doing to engage and mobilize young men, yeah, it's working. It works, growing fast. Yeah, yeah. I, one of the things I think we're frightened to do, I was talking to uh, Karen Tullett, who mm. works with us at Edge and heading up CBW, Christian Vision for Women, mm. is we're often afraid to ask for commitment. Right. 
you know, like at Edge, we say we want to know if you're committed to the Edge faith community you're kind of in, and we yeah. working out how we're going about yeah. that at the moment. And some people are like, oh, no, we don't want to put people off. And I'm like, no, well, actually, that's all right. Yeah. Like, we're afraid to ask for you to nail your colours to Mars, say, this is who I am, this yeah. is what I'm part of. And there's a cost to it and a yeah. demand to it. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I feel under God at the moment. Like we're found in the edge of faith community, taking it to the next level. That we are, you know, a mission order with a with a code and a yeah. sense of holiness and yeah. commitment and striving. You know, um, and we're saying it's quite hard to join, but it's easy to leave. Yeah, to reverse of a cult. It's good. Yeah, you know, it's a good. Cult's a, yeah, to join, hard to leave. Yeah, really opposite. Yeah, you're hard to leave. You know, we, we, you make it difficult, but you can walk away. Yeah. Anytime. I think that yeah. commitment that you, it's going to be really meaningful for you to join. It's, it's mm. it means something, you know. It's interesting. Um, let me look something up because I want to read it correctly. Mm. But I think this is why this came about. The code for men, and we we often talk about our resources and, but stuff like Jesus is my captain, brother, rescue, and friend. Yeah. I owe everything to him. I will do anything for him. There's a real sort of activator in that, isn't there? It's not a passive, you know, accept this, believe this, and on you go. There's a real activating statement to it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. If this is real to you, yeah. what you can do about it? Yeah. And I think for younger men that need that, or any man that actually needs that alignment or, yeah, connection with something, Solid, yeah, for their faith. I think it's really important. I mean, that's kind of why the code come about, isn't it? Yeah, that was the you know, I just it was years ago now, just felt we needed to sign up for something and mm. say, This is who I am, and aspire to something. Mm. They distill parts of the Bible into something that's you just grab hold or keep in your wallet, you know, go, Yeah, I'm this kind of guy, yeah, and I'll never give up, mm. you know. But yeah, I think that whole tribe thing is massively underdeveloped. And I'll take it further. Um, rites of passage. Like, how do you know you're a man yeah, today yeah, in our culture? Yeah. What yeah. tells you that you are a man? I think society's markers of getting a driving licence, being able to drink legally, vote, that sort of thing, yeah. But other than that, they're not... That's everyone. Yeah, Those they're not like, celebrated or spot or like marked, are they? No, there people no get right. a driving licence later or they're yeah. not bothering. And yeah. People drink anyway when they're young. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there's nothing How that says that? you are now a man, you're now a woman, you know, step up. It's different now. Mm-hmm. That's why we stop people coming to the gathering. Isn't it? So often, like most years... I get a message from someone saying I'm going to bring my son. Mm. I mean, like, no, no, they come when you're 18. A, it's licensed. B, it's a right passage. Yeah. You can come here now. Yeah. We need to make more of that at the gathering. Yeah, that's interesting. In fact, that is something we need to put out there. If, you're, yeah. if you've got a lad who's just turned 18 or by the time he gets to the gathering, we'd, we'd mark it. Yeah, stand him by the fire, do something with yeah, him. Yeah, call him out. To, won't call him out to function like that. But. but it's important, that kind of marking... Yeah, we can give him a cheer. Say, hey, look, stand up, grab your guts, stand up, we're yeah, going to give yeah. you a cheer. Come yeah. on, boys. Yeah. They're men. And here's men a Bowie now. knife with your name scratched yeah. into it. I'd love to be able to do that. Oh, mate, have a good minute. Yeah. 
obviously we're not encouraging sale of knives to young men, but no. something. What we're giving out is a foam cup with a latte in it. Here's <laughs> an ankle bracelet. Yeah. Yeah, but there's something in it. There's something in it of marking those moments of Yeah, right, of it's a celebrating it. Yeah. You are now a man and... A feeling that you're belonging to this yeah. tribe of godly men. Yeah. But, but, but there is honour and you're not going to get stabbed yeah. in the back. But the culture and time we're in, and it's that whole, like, you see that guy on YouTube interviewing women saying, what's a woman? And no one can answer it. And there's so much fear around oh, being I put on the spot. It's diabolical, isn't yeah. it? In my view. Well, you know, to, to say, okay, son, you're now a man, like, this is, you get shot down now, but it's, it's so important. Yeah, no, yeah, that's an there. interesting one, isn't it? Because that is a direct assault on... Well, it's decreation. Decreation. It's decreation, yes, what the yeah. enemy does. Anything that Christ created, that God's created, he's trying to undo. So gender... He made them, man and woman, he made them. Yeah. Well, so um, let's just divide that up. Let's not be able to say that anymore. Mm. Yeah, you can't say it. Yeah, interesting. That's a powerful way of putting it. Anything that God creates, the enemy tries to decreate. Yeah. And yeah. undoing that is the, the culture, the time in it. That's it the age that we're yeah, in. Yeah, it is. And you need, we're going back to mafia, but let's imagine a Christian movement of men <laughs> that are passionate about Jesus, love him deeply, know they're forgiven, but also move and have the, the spirit of God living through well, This them. is what we want to do for the Edge Faith community. I got quite inspired by these guys called the Bear Guards and the Bear Gwins. The Bear Gwins are the women, the Bear Guards are men. Have I told you about this? This is the, the um, in Italy, the Alps. The uh, No, they were they were another group. What were they uh, called? The Chut- Mountunians or Altunians? Uh, the um, Valdensians. Valdensians. Well, let me read this to you about the Bear Guards and the Begins. Right? close. Uh, well, I'm quite inspired by this. The Begins and the Burgards are Christian lay people orders who are active in Western Europe, particularly in the Low Countries, in the 13th to 16th centuries. They lived in semi-monastic communities, but didn't take religious vows, so they promised not to marry as long as they lived. To quote one of the early rules, they were free to leave at any time. They were part of a large spiritual revival movement in the 13th century that stressed imitation of Jesus' life through voluntary poverty, care of the poor, sick, and religious devotion. Let me get this from the Burgards. Uh, the Begards are all laymen. They were not bound by vows. The rule of life which they observed was not uniform, and members of each community were subject only to local superiors. They held no private property. They had a common purse, dwelt together, and ate at the same table. They were, for the most part, men of humble origin, like weavers, dyers, and fullers, who were closely connected with the city craft guilds. For example, in Brussels, you couldn't be admitted unless you were a member of the weavers' company. They were often men to whom fortune had not been kind. Men who had outlived their friends or his family ties had been broken by some untoward event or who by reason of failing health or advancing years or on account of some accident were unable to stand alone. If the medieval towns of the Netherlands found in the Begrinage a solution, the growth of the Bergard communities provided a place for the worn-out working man. They banded together in the first place to build up the inner man by working out their own salvation. Mm. They remain mindful of their neighbours and thanks to their connection with the craft guilds that influence religious life. They are credited with shaping the religious opinions of cities and towns of the Netherlands for more than 200 years, particularly amongst the peasant. Wow. I'm like, that's amazing. Mm. So they had no common rule of life. Mm. They all did it individually wherever they were, but 
They shaped the spiritual life of the Netherlands. They were simple, humble, broken men who banded together to build up the inner man. They ate at the same table. They shared life together. It's powerful. Yeah. Like, I love that. Yeah, so it's a definitely a response to their their time, isn't it? Where they... Yeah, and I think saw. that time is now. Like, mm. I think it's come back. That, mm. And that, we're inspired by that edge because we're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Mm. We're going to make this a two-parter. Um, join us for part two.